All right, boys, we ready? Yep, all set. Marcus, is your mic plugged in and turned on? Yes, my mic is on. Tyler, what are the odds that you're actually in studio for this one? 80-20. 80-20, you're here, or 80-20, you're on the road? Don't worry about it. Play the intro! Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Someone sounds like they're coming on the train! <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Paul Bissonette and Mike Grinelli. Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I'm Matt from Surrey. U.S. Minster. North Van. And you're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jake Jude. McTavish for Calder, and I mean it this time. Marcus Keller. Plan the parade or blow it up. No in between. And Tyler Erlinson. Because Manko will get 40 goals this year. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast! Woo! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Erlinson, and I'm joined, as always, by my excellent co-hosts, Jake Jude. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Marcus Keller. How's it going, everybody? And producer Alex Smith. Hello, hello, hello. So as you guys can probably hear, Marcus sounds a little bit different. <laughs> and that is because he is under the weather and not in studio. Thank you for not getting us sick. Um, Sorry, boys. <laughs> but uh, thank God he called in, so we uh, we still have all the regular stuff to talk about today. Yeah. We get to ask him the question. Oh, we get to ask him the question. Oh, we do. Who's going to do it? <laughs> Uh, Alex, because I forget what the question is. <laughs> what? Okay, go for it, Alex. Marcus. Yeah. Oh. What's the weather like over there? <laughs> that question. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this is the first time Tyler gets to ask the question. <laughs> Hands it off. It's so weird because I'm I'm not here for <laughs> you it. Usually yeah. got I'm usually the one answering the question. Um. Yeah, the weather is uh, it's nighttime, so I can't tell, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's probably pretty similar. I'm not too far away from you guys. <laughs> so yeah. Might be able to throw a rock and hit your place from here, but <laughs> uh, I have to throw that pretty hard. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> right, this guy's got a cannon. Yeah, and a fell here I come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, maybe if I had maybe if I had a defense stick from field lacrosse, maybe I could do it. Oh God, yeah, just a from catapult. <laughs> All right. Well, we have uh, we got lots to talk about today. Uh, we're gonna start things off how we usually do, with a quick word from our real sponsor, and then something a little bit different after that. Yeah. So this week's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast and every episode is brought to you by Beaver Buzz Energy Drink. Thank you so much to Beaver Buzz for supporting the boys. We are beaver buzzing over yeah. here. Yeah, Jake said it. Oh. Well, I don't know why we say that. So stupid. I'm beaver buzzing up my house. Too. No, you're not. Actually, you know what would cure you is a beaver yeah, buzz. You yeah. need a beaver buzz. I heard it cures yeah. whatever illness you have. So <laughs> Yeah, you did not hear that from us. You did not hear that from them. <laughs> yeah. no, no one brought me any. All my medicine's at the studio. I'll be right there. You can <laughs> get it at your local Safeway. Or Savon. Savon Foods has it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Savon. Beaver Buzz. There you go. Don't quote us. No. (laughs) Please don't ever quote (laughs) us. (laughs) Anyway, uh, as we said, something a little bit different. Uh, In lieu of a fake sponsor this week, um, we here at Vancouver Boys Studios would like to acknowledge that this month is Movember. Movember is and has been an incredible campaign ran every November to raise awareness for men's cancers and, more broadly, men's health issues. 
As men who have all lost men in our lives a little bit too early, November is a campaign that we fully support. And should you choose to make any sort of donation, you can find the link to their website in our bio on Instagram through our Linktree link. So uh, no fake sponsor this week, but just um, if you'd like to support Movember, we encourage that you do. Yeah, start growing the stashes, boys. Yeah. yeah. Are we gonna <clears throat> are we gonna do a little November competition? Oh god. <laughs> I wonder who's gonna lose. <laughs> oh, I wonder. The guy, the guy that hasn't been able to grow any more than peach fuzz since he was twelve. Uh. Alright. I, I challenge you guys this year formally to grow out the stash and just the stash. Just the oh, stash? Just the stash. Just the stash. Yeah. I I say we do the stash and every day on Friday on upload day, we post an update of how each of our stashes are doing until the end of the month. Oh God, I can grow a beard, <laughs> but I cannot grow a stash. So this is going to be bad. People are going to think I took well, one picture and uploaded it four times. <laughs> I think you're the only one here that can actually grow something. Yeah. We still got to do it. And you know what? We encourage you guys to do the same thing. Post your pictures, show off the stash. It's what it's all about, right? Yeah, I'm going to get just for yep. man. I'm dying this thing black. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm going for a ginger. Just mustache. the middle, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll dye mine orange. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Oh man. Anyway, oh, right on. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into it and uh, talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Well, uh, this has been a very exciting week for the Canucks as they won two hockey games, uh, which uh, is their new season high for week. <laughs> it's definitely higher than zero. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, they beat the Seattle Kraken, which we predicted on our episode with Canucks Access last week. Yeah. And uh, then they went on to surprise Pittsburgh and most of the fans. Not by, me. Uh, no, you saw that one coming. Well, yeah, and so did you. You're the one who told yeah, me to bet on it. Six, six to six, another. Oh, whatever. right. Yeah, I, I did that because I thought it was funny. And then, yeah, <laughs> I bet. I told them bet on the Canucks to win by three. And this was when we still hadn't won a game, and I thought that was really funny. And then Tyler does it, and he wins. So, <laughs> do you actually bet that? I, yeah. Oh no. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. When it rains, yeah. it pours. That would have been guy. crazy. Faith odds. in the boys. <laughs> No, the yeah. odds weren't that crazy. Yeah, it was That's like six, six point five or something. I mean, it's still yeah, high. It's still pretty good. Yeah, but to win it, by two and a half. Yeah, but you so. think those odds would have been massive? Yeah, you know. Hey, they they knew what I knew, and that is Pittsburgh sucks in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, th- uh, let's talk about Pittsburgh's road trip a little bit here through Western Canada. They sucked. It's been a struggle. Garbage. Yeah. They got absolutely hammered by Calgary. They put up a lot of goals against Edmonton but still lost, mm-hmm. and then got absolutely pumped by the Canucks. So it, definitely a tough stretch for Who the Penguins. Who would have thought? They had one of the hottest two-game starts that everybody was super high on, and they said this is the year that they uh, end it with a cup, and not looking too hot now. Now their old age is kicking in. Do you guys think that it was Pittsburgh playing poorly or the Canucks actually kind of starting to right the ship a bit? Probably a little bit of both. I was going to say, I, I don't think you can ever really look at a game like that and say it's one or the other. It, it was both for sure. Uh, I mean, the Canucks were just coming off of 
a game where they'd finally won. Like they had probably had more confidence that night than they'd had any other night in the season. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh, yeah, you know, they, they are getting older, right? They can't do the things they used to do. Sure, they had a hot start, but that's not always feasible to keep through a full season. And also, Pittsburgh just sucks in Vancouver for reasons I can't understand. It could be the road trip itself, right? Like any Eastern seaboard team coming all the way out here, you know, they're playing late night games. They're half asleep. Maybe that could, you know, contribute to it, but who knows? Yeah. But then it wouldn't be just Pittsburgh. Yeah. Do you think it's more of a, I guess it's not Toronto has a tough time here too. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Toronto's road trip, right? Toronto has a tough time at home against Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) But like I was gonna say, like when when Toronto was going through California, you know they lost to all three California teams, who were all, you know, for lack of a better word, terrible. So, you know, maybe it has something to do with the road trip, or maybe it has something to do with the Canucks riding the ship. I don't know. I choose to believe that it's the Canucks kind of starting to figure things out. But we're at the point in the season now where it's like they're about at the same place they were last season, right? In terms of wins and losses, a bit think, worse. Yeah, I think last season they had three wins at this point. Um, but obviously the month of November is going to be extremely important to whether they need to keep pushing for the playoffs or commit to, you know, tanking for Bedard. Because let's face it, like, if this team did add Bedard, that'd be massive. But is it worth throwing the season away, especially since we're only three weeks into it? At this rate, I'm thinking you may as well throw it away because the Canucks could win a bunch of games, make the playoffs, they're not going to go anywhere other than that. They're going to run into Edmonton, Calgary, Colorado, some team like that in the first round. And like Daryl Sutter said last year, if you play the Avalanche in the first it's round, it's going to be eight a days. waste yeah, I know. of eight days. <laughs> I know it was a waste of eight days. Except right? for it, it was only a waste of seven days for the Predators. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's also this division's gotten a lot harder than last year. I mean, well, have, te- teams are playing a lot better. Yeah, you got Calgary looking better. You got Edmonton looking better. Vegas looking way better. Oh, they yeah. look like a playoff team. Seattle oh, looks good. Seattle looks good. Yeah. LA, you still can't count them out. Shane Wright's a bust. <clears throat> well, I don't know. It's hard to do stuff uh, in six mm. minutes of ice time. Well, he's time. garbage. Six minutes, he does not look good. To me, he looks like he's so in his own head. Exactly. You know, it's the, it's, he doesn't Ego have the check. mental fortitude Probably. to play in the league yet. He's just got to grow up a bit, you know? Yeah. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. Like, I just mean he has to age, get older, get more mature, right? He's a fourth overall pick. He ain't nothing special. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but on the note of talking about the Canucks, um, you know, I, I choose to believe that this team can right the ship. I think that they've shown flashes of being able to figure it out. I think that the mikheyev Pedersen kuzmenko line is an elite line. They look really good. Whenever they're out there, they get great scoring opportunities. Their defensive zone responsibilities, you know, they're okay with. They're not great. They're okay. Um, but I think that line has looked phenomenal. And I think with these goals that uh, Horvat scored the other night, hopefully that kind of gives him a little bit more confidence to be a little bit, you know, more trigger happy in the offensive zone. And maybe, you know, they can start piling up the points and they can, you know, fill the net and, and things can get turned around here. You know, I'm, I'm choosing to stay optimistic, even though I know that most of the fan base has already kind of turned their back. I I think this season, Horvat's starting to get a little exposed. His defensive game is nowhere near what we thought it was. He's not a good penalty killer, and he's been miserable on the defensive end, too, even, even against weaker matchups. 
because most people are putting their better line out against the Pedersen line, and Horvat's getting the weaker matchups, and he's just not not playing well. He's scoring. He's putting in a little bit of offense, but just defensively, it's kind of been abysmal. You don't need to play defense. Uh, I mean... When you're on pace for 66 goals this season. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you're going to win the Rocket, who needs to play defense? No, I forgot. That's well, Line A who's winning the Rocket. <laughs> we've got three guys on the Canucks right now that are basically point per game. We're at the 10-game mark, by the way, at the time of recording here. Do you guys want to guess who those three players are? Bo Horvat? I think, yeah, Bo Horvat's one. And I also want to say, just before you guys all guess, one of these players I think might surprise you. Ilya Mikheyev is also one. Yeah, but he's only played like five games. He's still so, got to be. He's, also not, he's still got to uh, be close quite, to a point he, per game. He has seven games played and he has five points. Oh, okay. Surprise. I think Pedersen's got to be one of them. Yeah. Pedersen is also a point per game. He has four goals, six assists. Tanner Pearson. No, stupid. <laughs> he has five points and he's a minus five, so that's basically zero. <laughs> oh, man. That last one. And it might surprise us. And it's not oh, Garland. I think it's so. Hoglander. Because he's only played like four it games. It is not. Oh. It, okay. it, I don't know. I guess has not. he played all ten games or like a majority Hoglander of the games? Hoglander has played eight games. He's played eight games. And this kind of surprised me. He has one point. Is one assist really? Oof. So this this player, this third player that you're talking about, has he played all ten games or at least the majority of the season? All ten games. And it, oh, oh, is it Oliver Ekman Larson? No. I think you guys are maybe thinking too surprising. I, I, yeah. Like I'm not saying like Quinn Hughes. No, he he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Actually, he is point per game. He has only played six uh, games, but he has six assists. Okay, Matt, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like. Yeah. JT Miller? Well, I thought it would be surprising, and it's a JT Miller. Oh. And I said I thought that was surprising because the fan base has given him a really hard time, and maybe justifiably so, but he is still producing on the score sheet. Yeah, he is a uh, point per game. He has uh, five goals and four – or sorry, almost point per game. He has nine points. Oh, so he's a failure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't think – our, uh, the fan base's problem with uh, Miller is his offense. I think it's more of his defense yeah. and his like show his character almost. Well, not I guess yeah. not character, but just like like it looks out like that like he gives up sometimes, mm-hmm. like just lazy giveaways, you know, yelling at people, yeah, getting in fights with his teammates. Yeah, yeah. I think Starting that's more why he's upset. Bring a little bit of toxic energy into the room. Another bit of a shocking performance in a negative way, though, I have to say, and I hate saying it, is Thatcher Demko, who currently has a .876 save percentage after 10 games. Spencer Martin, by the way, has played two games and has a .926. (laughs) New starter, let's go. Holy controversy coming at you. Yeah, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's let's put Demko in the NHL. Demko has not played great, but that Devils game, you can maybe blame one goal on him. All of them were cross creases that the defenseman didn't take the passer. They tried to play the middle, and then at the last second, they tried to take the shot, and they just passed it cross crease. Nothing you can really do about it. I, I, no, I, I have to admit, I, I didn't see the game against New Jersey because I was sick. I was, I was just in bed with the lights off. But um, you, you said a bunch of them were cross crease two-on-ones where the guy didn't really commit to the pass or the, the shooter. 
Well, let me paint How you a picture. How many of them were? Uh, two on one. Okay. Tyler Myers is the defenseman. I was literally just going to ask <laughs> how many of them were Tyler Myers. I don't know how many, but I remember vividly watching Tyler Myers try to play a two-on-one. and It's funny, hey? They're going down, and it's just like he's just playing the middle, playing the middle, not choosing, and at the last second dives to go get the puck. He sprawls out. The guy just makes this quick little sauce pass over. Yeah. Demko can't get across fast enough. One tee in the back of the net. It's crazy to me. Like The first thing you learn as a defenseman, and I'll even throw this at Tyler because I know he's off guard. What's the first thing you learn as a defenseman playing a two-on-one? Either take the puck and give your, like right away and give your goalie the assist or like the, the pass. Or usually it's give the goalie the shot and take the pass away because that's the easier. Yeah, that's what I got, always got told was yeah. you take the pass away. Let yeah, it be a one that's, that's the easier goal is if they get a cross-crease yeah. tap in. So you yeah. take the pass pass away. But the big thing is to make the decision up early and yeah. let your goalie react based off of that. Yeah. If you think mm-hmm. you can take the puck before he gets a chance to move it, then you take the puck. Yeah. But, you know, if, if, you, if you're playing a two-on-one, you take the pass. Yeah, give your goalie the shot that he's set for, not yeah. the one where he has to slide across and make a desperation save. Exactly. Thank you for saying it correctly, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> when, it, oh when it comes to Demko, though, when it comes to Demko, I think that something needs to be said about the fact that he has he's been hung out to dry a lot, but at the same time, you need your goalie to steal you games. You know, you need your goalie to to, to out-goalie the other team. And we've seen that from uh, Demko time and time again in the past. We know what level he performs at. We know what type of goalie he is. We know how consistent of a goalie he has been. And so for him to have this sort of start where he's just kind of been mediocre, it's jarring as a fan base because we're not used to that from him. And it's a little bit sad to me right now because I think that his confidence has been shaken. And I think that if we start the conversation about, oh, is there a goalie controversy in Vancouver? It's only going to make things worse for Thatcher Demko, not better. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Demko is one of those guys where I have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to pull through this because he's so young and we've seen him play so well. But it, it is... You're right. Even though he's been hung out to dry, you can still see he's not making a lot of the saves that I felt like he was last year. And some of those are game-deciding goals. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's tough. Again, I think it is a confidence thing. And so I, I really don't want to sit here and, and harp on him. But at the same time, he has to turn something around here. Something has to change. Goalies need good vibes to play good. Yeah, Ducks are not good vibes. 90% of a goalie's game yeah. is mental. Like they're the, I think that out of all sports, they're the ones that have to have the most mental fortitude. Is a goalie in hockey? So much of their game is what about what about end. what about a baseball pitcher? I don't know those guys in between innings. They're you know chewing, hanging out with the guys in the dugout. You know, goalies are just dialed in from the moment they get in the dressing room until the fucking horn goes at the end of the game. You know, I just think that those guys they have to be so dialed in for so long that that it takes a lot of of mental fortitude. Okay. All right, that's fair. I'm going to give you guys the stats of three goalies, and I want you guys to tell me who they are. Just do we get their heights too? No. Damn. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a dead giveaway. <laughs> this goalie has eight games played, has a 4.06 goals against average, a .876 save percentage. Who do you think it is? 
Pretty sure that's Thatcher Demko. It's UC Soros. That is definitely Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Really? Well, didn't you just say he had an eight seven six save? Percentage? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This goalie yeah, has this goalie has eight games played. Has a three point one seven goals against average and an eight nine eight save percentage. UC Soros. Yep. Yeah. I knew his was bad too. This goalie has seven games played. I swear to God, this is Jordan Binnington. <laughs> <laughs> has a 2.1 goals against average and a 9.43 save percentage. Damn. Is he two games played? Seven. 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 And he's got a 9.43. My boy. Oh, is it? I, was just, I just heard this the other day. Isn't Craig Anderson doing like, is it Craig Anderson? Uh, it is not Craig Anderson, but I, he's probably doing really well. Darcy Kemper. No. Jacob Markstrom. No. Ooh, Skinner. Oh, Jake, Jake Ottinger? No, Skinner doesn't have seven games. No, nope. he's got like two. No, Skinner has like four or five now. Uh, is it Jack Campbell? No. Nope. Oh. Jack uh, Campbell's Campbell. stats are horrendous. Terrible. No. <laughs> um, Don't say no. Just no. <laughs> nope. Nope. But Ottinger's numbers are oh, like wait. ridiculous, but it's not Ottinger. Kind of hot. It is kind of hot. Uh, hot. Dude, he's 5 0 oh, 2. Fuck. Yeah. The torts effect. <laughs> <laughs> And then two players that you guys had picked for Vesna winners or nominees last year are just getting torched this year. Yeah. Don't look at me. My <laughs> goalie's still in there. <laughs> it's true. Markstrom's still doing well. But what? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with goaltending this year or, or what's going on in the NHL, but there's been a ton of like high-scoring games and stuff. And Real quick, Thursday, November 3rd, the Vancouver Canucks play... The Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. And that is a very important game for not only, hopefully, the Canucks can get a win, but that is uh, the retirement ceremony for Kevin Bieksa. Juice. Wait, are they retiring yeah. his number? No, I think he's going into the no, no, no. Ring, ring of, of Honor. Honor. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, he's not even going into the Ring of Honor. He's just signing a one-day contract to retire as a Canuck, and they are honoring him at the game, but he's not going into the Ring of Honor. That's stupid. Honestly, who knows? They might throw a curveball. I don't yeah. I don't see why not I throw him up should, there, you know? I, mean, I think they should put his number in the rafters. A number three is tough to get rid of. Yeah, You're not ja- getting rid of it. Jack Rathbone, you got to get a new number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, sorry, Jack. If it's yeah. in the Ring of Honor, you don't really wear it again. Like, nobody wears 14, I don't think. Yeah, and nobody's, no, that, nobody's going to wear 22 or No, that's or not true, though. You, it, they're, they're not retired numbers. What's up? No, there? no, no. I know, I know they're not retired but numbers. But they're, like, but it's semi-retired like, Yeah, it's like you're, you, you like you're not, like, disrespecting them, but it's kind of like... Yeah. I feel like it's like an unwritten rule. You just don't take a number that's in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. Well, like, for me, the thing that I noticed about I, that I'm, is last year for the Abbotsford Canucks, Jet Wu, do you know what number he wore last year? 69. You're close. <laughs> he wore 22 for the Abbotsford Canucks. And this year he came out as number four. And I think it's it's part of that, like along the same lines yeah. where it's like, it's retired for the Canucks, but it's not for the Abbotsford yeah. Canucks, but it's like, you probably still shouldn't wear the number, you know? Well, it was like when Joshua Hosang wore 66. Yeah. It's just like, or, or was like, it 60? Yeah, 66. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, no, no, nobody wears that number. Yeah. I think, well, here's two things. One, number three is actually already in the Ring of Honor. And, I wonder if you guys would know who it is. I, I, I'd be impressed if any of you did. That wasn't Curtin Batch's number. No. Nope. Curtin Back was 25. Smeal was like 21, I think. That is 12. Smeal is 12, and is he's it, actually retired. Not is in the it ring Pat of Quinn? 
It is Pat Quinn. Wow, Canucks fan. So boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize how much Jake knew about that, but no, yeah, I no, think, uh, I just remember back to like looking up and seeing Pat Quinn, and then the number three. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, so also, Jake, you might remember that because of uh, I know you had a history of going to a lot of Giants games when you were younger, mm-hmm. and I don't know how long ago they did this, but the Giants formally retired number three in honor of Pat Quinn. Oh, I, I didn't know that, but yeah. I think Jake was looking up just to um, look at the banners. Yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah, he's like, right. they, they don't have as many, don't have as many banners up there. <laughs> Nashville has one. I can see the ceiling too easily in here. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I don't know if that would have been part of the decision-making as to why they didn't put him in, but yes, number three is already in the ring of honor with Pat Quinn. That, that's the number he wore uh, in the couple seasons he was a Canuck. He was number three. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if they do end up yeah doing something bigger for BXA, I, I don't see why it hurts to put him in the ring of honor. You know, like I really don't understand why they wouldn't do that. I, I agree. I, I think he, he should be a lock for the ring of honor. The ring of honor is almost exactly tailored for what he is. He's someone who's on ice play. Isn't enough to get your actual number retired. That, I mean, obviously if you look at the names and the rafters, those aren't just any names. Those are the greatest Canucks of all time. And I think BX does fall in a category of being iconic and loved by a generation, but his on ice play isn't at that level with the Sedins and the Bures and the Maslins. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think ring of honor would be perfect for him. The, the one that I find questionable out of that 2011 core would be Ryan Kessler. That's someone who I I would be really on the fence about if they ever decided to go that route with him. I would say the same thing about Luongo too. But I think that goes back to the whole number uh, situation. I, I, I disagree. Well, with the number, I guess what I meant with Ryan Kessler is I'm on the fence on if they should put him in the ring of honor or not. Yeah, with yeah. Luongo, I would be more on the fence of if he should go in the ring of honor or if he should get his number retired. But I would say at the very least, he needs to get at least one of those. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I I would say uh, from a hockey perspective, Ryan Kessler should be in the ring of honor. Uh, but just with how things ended, I probably don't see it happening, uh, which does suck because he was like my favorite player growing up for sure. Uh, which I think a lot of like young Canucks kids loved his game growing up. Um, but yeah, just how things ended, I'm not sure how it would go down. I hope we get a good young stud pick the number 17, and then we can retire his number eventually. Mm. Why? Kessler, so that it's never a question whether Kessler gets his number retired or not. Can you retire two of the okay. same number? That's wild. I didn't think about no. that. Well, I mean, maybe. That's what I mean. Like, what if you just chose somebody from, like, a while back? Yeah. Like, they they retired Pavel Bure's number, like, 15 years after he retired. Yeah. There easily could have been a player that played in that time that wore number 10. Mm-hmm. You know? There was. His name was Derek Roy. Oh, he's a, a ring debate. of honor. He's a ring <laughs> of honor type of guy. There. I would retire his number. <laughs> Same with Chris Higgins. Didn't he wear number 20? Or 20. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about people that should be in the Ring of Honor. Oh, God. Zach the Cass, whole 2011. Yeah, Michael the Samuelson. Whole David, you get a statue of all yeah. 30 of them. David Booth. <laughs> just build a wall. Maxime Lapierre. Anyway. Oh, boy. Anyway, we should move on because we have one more big thing to talk about in the Canucks news. 
but it is not Vancouver Canucks news. It is the Abbotsford Canucks. Yes, sir. It's the Abbotsford Canucks because your boys went to the home opener last Friday. Yeah, that was awesome. What a night. Such a fun time. Holy cow. Huge, huge 7-3 win for the boys. A near sellout. That building was buzzing. It was insane. We were sitting in front. Yeah, we were sitting in front row. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like, why do we not go to more of these a year? Honestly. Dude, we, we had the best seats in that arena. Like, front row, center ice between the benches. That was mental. Yeah, like right on the red line. It was uh, it was pretty incredible. I, honestly, I, I agree with Jake. We should go to more of them, but I don't think we'll be able to bring our friend Angela to anymore. I think she got permanently banned from the arena on Friday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. For those of you that we, come to the live streams, you're aware of this character, but for those of you who don't, Angela is one of our friends who uh, is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so she is the brunt of a lot of our jokes. And uh, so, well, I'll let one of you guys tell the story. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we we went we went no we went to the game. It was it was a good time. Everyone was having fun. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. had a blast at the game. Yeah, she had yeah. a great time. And then after the game, we just so happened to have the honors of uh, meeting some of the players, yeah. chatting with a few of them, getting some autographs and whatnot. <laughs> Vincent Arsenault, just absolute legend. Looks like oh, what a, a G. Like, he's a great guy, but (laughs) Tyler and I took a picture with him in between us, and he looks like a regular-sized human being. (laughs) Like, he just looks like a normal person. It's really funny. But on the ice, he's an absolute unit. Oh, my God, he throws the weight around. It's great. But, um, yeah, there's a player on the the Abbotsford Canucks. His name is uh, Chase Wooters. He's the captain. He's the captain. He sure is. Uh, Great player. (laughs) Super nice guy. We got to... We got to... Talked to him a little bit after the game, and uh, we we thought it would be funny if uh, Angelo asked for his number because she, uh, she was talking about how attractive he was, and and she was she was way too scared to do it. She was just like, "Oh no 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 no, I won't do it." Blah blah. So I took matters into my own hands, <laughs> and uh, we we went up there. We got we got a picture with with them all, and uh, so Tyler asked for his number. <laughs> So, wingman. so I, yeah. I started talking to him and I'm like, oh, hey, like this girl, she, uh, she really likes you. Like you're a favorite player, blah, blah. She likes you a lot better than all the NHL players. She thinks you're super cute. And, uh, and she wants your number, man. He just like, he was like, <laughs> just like paused to know what to say. Um, I mean, he has a girlfriend and stuff, so obviously he did not say yes. Um, sorry, oh, Angela. we looked it up after his girlfriend is a rocket. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, absolute stud. So uh, Chase Wooters, you're now my favorite player. <laughs> um, <laughs> Roman Yossi's got some competition. Yeah, no prop props to you, bro. Uh, congrats on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on, <laughs> congrats! No, no, no. Okay, congrats on being the captain for the Abbotsford yeah, yeah. Canucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Inaugural Same captain. Uh, you, uh, yeah, you had a oh, a pretty good game. Um, it was super fun talking to the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Cr- Christian Woolen, another guy we talked to. Yeah, absolute Just, yeah. beauty. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we also met a lot of you guys there. So, uh, if you're listening to this episode, thanks for coming out and hanging out with us and and chatting and telling us all about you know uh, how long you've been fans of the podcast or whatever. It's it's great. It's always nice meeting you guys. Absolutely. Uh, I actually I actually wanted to send out a message to one fan who was there who I, I feel really bad for because I didn't see it until after we left. 
on uh, one of my TikTok stories that I put up about us being at the game, someone put in two comments asking us if we would sign his hat for him, if we would meet him there. And I felt really awful because I didn't see the comment until after we left the game. But man, if, if you're out there and you're ever at a game with us again, just, uh, I, I don't know, just call, call us next time. <laughs> or so, just scream at us. We'll, yeah. We will come sign your hat. Yeah, absolutely. Or shoot us a message. Maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll come meet you somewhere. Yeah. Or we'll let you know where our seats are and you can Yeah. I still never met a fan. No? No. Well, you don't have any fans yet. You're you're pretty new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only just started this much. And yeah, who do you think you are? Come on. You, you got to go to the Don't Air shop more often. <laughs> where we always need our fans. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got to do more TikToks. We haven't done like regular TikToks since last hockey season. Yeah, no, we gotta we gotta get going on all our all our content and socials and mm. stuff. So make sure to follow us at Vancouver Boys Podcast on just about everything, or email us at Vancouver Vancouver Boys Podcast at gmail dot com. Are you sure that's it? Oh, I know that's it. We've only changed <laughs> it five times, but yeah. um, with anyway. that with that being said, I kind of want to get a Devils opinion on uh, how that Canucks Devils game went. So uh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. We always talk about. You know, the Canucks side of things, but it would be interesting to hear what a Devils fan has to say about the game. Yeah, so uh, Ryan Lepper, how's it going, man? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, you bet. All right, see you later, Marcus. We uh, we don't have space for five people on the call, so see you later. Yeah, All right, but hey, hey, before I go, make sure you give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to him, all right. <laughs> all right. All right, later, boys. All right, bye. Peace. Ryan Lepper, how's it going, man? Pretty good. I was going to say, one of the very few uh, Devils fans in BC, Western Canada, probably Western North America in general. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> given given the last few years in the Devils, I wouldn't be surprised if you're one of the only ones in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little rough. We were at the game the other night there, and uh, the guy behind us, he's a couple years older than me, he's like, man, you look too young. He's like, you can you can have even enjoyed the good Devils years. And I was like, yeah, no, it's been... Uh, pretty rough sailing since i came on board as a fan yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt um how do, how do you feel about the the devil's play right now i know you went to the game uh the other day so you got a first-hand uh first-hand view of them beating the canucks yeah it was really good uh, i actually had a chance uh, earlier in, on the weekend as well they were playing columbus in a morning game and that game was on Sportsnet. so i mean normally the uh East Coast games aren't on TV out here, so I was able to watch that game. I think they won like six or seven to one, so that was pretty good to see. And it's one of those things where, I mean, being a Devils fan, I'm not the most optimistic anymore. So I was like, well, they had a good game there, so the next one's got to be a stinker. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they seem to play pretty well against Vancouver. And yes, yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, even throughout the game, it was four one. Like, well, if any team can blow it, it's the Devils. But <laughs> they were uh, yeah, able to hold on and get the win. And, yeah, I was just impressed. I was talking with uh, one of my friends who's a Devils fan as well. And, yeah, we were just kind of saying, like, oh, like, it's, it's exciting. It's not just uh, lock it down and defensive style anymore. They've got exciting players. And, yeah, definitely some guys who can whip the puck around. And uh, it's not just the top guys. It's, like, right down the lineup for all the players. And, yeah, it's a good mix of guys there right now for the team that seem to be clicking. Yeah, no, they, they look like they've all kind of bought into the same system, like just the way that they skate, the, they know where each other are going to be. Like, it just seems like a really well-oiled machine right now. Yeah, and I think like Lindy Ruff, he's been the coach for a couple of years now, and they just brought in that Andrew Brett, and 
I think it took them a little while to kind of maybe get on the same page for coaching and everything. And then the players had to kind of figure out the systems and what they wanted to do. So it seems like it seems to be kind of clicking along now. The first couple games of the season were rough, but yeah, it's a lot better now. And there's just so much skill and speed on that team. They're a young group. They've got guys who uh, can lots of passers. It seems like it'd be nice to have a few guys who are more proven goal scorers, but yeah, as long as they're spreading out the wealth, it seems to be working for them right now. You're kind of talking about how like these younger guys are really starting to kind of come into their own, and I think that makes sense. You know, they had all those high picks, you know, even their first overall picks that they've had. They're now kind of starting to develop and come into their early 20s to mid 20s, and you know that's really when they start to hit their stride in the league. And I guess my question for you is, do you think that's part of the reason why they've been so efficient? Because you know lately they've been scoring a lot of goals, like against the Canucks, the uh, Devils were being outshot seven to one, and yet the Devils still had a one nothing lead. Yeah, I know. I was I was a little surprised by that because they were so good to start the season at out shooting teams. So I saw that, and again, the uh, the lack of optimism in me as a Devils fan. I was like, well, it's it's only a matter of time till the Canucks one and take the lead eventually. But yeah, I know it's definitely those young guys kind of coming in together. I think Jack Hughes has kind of got the highlight there as the most recent first overall pick that they've drafted at least. So he's kind of the flashy American kid, and I think he's able to get a lot of headlines in that sense. But uh, even Nico Heischer there, I know he had a good rookie year when he was playing with Taylor Hall. And after that, I mean, it's not that he was a bad player, but uh, he didn't seem to quite have the offensive acumen that he maybe had in that first season. It took him a little while, but he's uh, pretty good defensively now. He's good offensively. And I've been listening to a couple of podcasts, and I know a couple of guys have been out there saying that they're uh, definitely thinking that he keeps playing this way, that he'll be in the Selkie conversation. And I mean, it seems like every team that wins the NHL, any the team that wins the Stanley Cup usually has at least a center who not necessarily wins the Selkie Trophy, but at least is kind of in the conversation. And it's nice to have that option to kind of go along with Jack Hughes, who's a little bit more of the flashy playmaker. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. It's kind of just crazy to me, like just hearing what you're saying. It really reminds me of what everybody was kind of expecting the Canucks to be like, <laughs> like just young players. You know, yeah. this was the year that everybody bought in. This was the mm. year that they make that jump and they're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just the complete opposite. Yeah. I know. I think the one thing that kind of gave me hope this year as a devil Sam was, I mean, the, the, the forwards are what they are. The goaltending is what scares me. It's so all over the place, but yeah. uh, the defense, uh, they, they seem to have in spades come in. I mean, I think they've got five guys, I would say, in their top six there that I, I would say are at least top four defensemen and a couple of guys who could probably play top two. I was thinking the other day, I was like, oh, man, David Severson, he drives me crazy on that right side on the back end for the Devils. And I was like, well, he'd probably still be on the first pair with the Canucks. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, would you rather have Tyler Myers out there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one player for the Devils that uh, – really sticks sticks out for me is Jesper Bratt because there was so much talk about him either getting traded or not mm. re-signed. And uh, he comes out this year, and, I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with right now. Yeah, yeah I think he just set the uh, record for most uh, most games consecutive to start a season with points. It was 10. It was, I don't know, some Kirk, I don't know, some Tim guy, that, or Tim Higgins, I think, that I've never even heard of, apparently held the record before for the Devils. So I'm like, ah, at least it's kind of more of a noteworthy name, but... Yeah, I mean, I think they got him in the sixth round a couple of years ago in the draft, and I didn't really know a whole lot about him. And then all of a sudden, a year ago, oh, there's this Brat guy. He keeps getting benched. He's been, he's got all the skill in the world, but uh, he's, uh, defensively, he's not quite there. Or whatever, it's, he's not showing the effort that the coaches need. And then last year, I think he had a bit of a rocky start and kind of just took off. And yeah, this year it seems to be 
kind of starting right out from the gate, which is nice to see. Cause I know myself, and I think a couple other people that I know that follow the devils were wondering if he was going to be able to kind of string it together. If he was going to have another rough start. I mean, the skills there, but you never know if it's going to get going right away. And yeah, he's, he's a fun player to watch. I was at the game, uh, on Tuesday or yeah, Wednesday there against or Tuesday, sorry, against the Canucks. And yeah, he's just uh, one of those players. that's pretty special to watch and he's fast. He doesn't quite have size to him, but yeah, he's fast and skilled and he's, yeah. If, Every time he's got the puck, you're like, okay, something could happen here. Yeah. No, especially considering he's playing with uh, Jack Hughes, who's another player with just an enormous amount of talent. So those two together out there is just anything can happen. They could score on every shift if they really wanted to. It, it really bugs me because I know that coming into this season, the player I was most looking forward to watching outside of the teams that I normally watch was Andre Palat. Because, oh. yeah, I know. And, and well, I really want to hear what you have to say about that. Because, you know, here's a guy that played on a championship-level team year after year after year, but always felt like a bit of an understudy. And now he's finally getting his, you know, main part in the cast. He's a main piece of that team, a core piece of that team. And he goes down to injury for, he's going to be out for a while um, in the first 10 games of the season. And it, it, it sucks, because I think he was off to a pretty decent start. He was looking like he was fitting in great. And now that something like this happens. Yeah, it seems like he had a pretty good start there. He, he was a little slow the first couple of games of the season. I think even Corsi-wise and everything, I don't really understand how all that works. But I heard that the numbers <laughs> there were a little rough and seems to be kind of turning things back or, or seemed to turn things back around and had a couple goals in a couple games. And yeah, I think just kind of one of those things where even throughout training camp, I heard that it's just one of those things where he's just setting that standard. And I think the guys are going to kind of look to him, especially the younger players, and say, hey, this is, this is a guy who's won it, and this is a guy who's been around winners, and if he's doing this, then I think I should kind of follow suit with him. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, one of the most underrated things is just having that leadership on, on a team. Absolutely. And not like not a leader who's completely useless out there, but like someone who's, <laughs> who's out there and yeah. can get the job done is like a key impact player. Yeah. Those are uh, those are Jay Beagle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a proven winner for three million dollars a year on the fourth line. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was also at that game, and there was one player on the Devils that like just every time he was on the ice, like he was just doing something, and that was a uh, I think his name's Dawson Mercer. Oh yeah, a good Newfoundlander. Yeah, he's a dog. He was just nonstop going hard out yeah. there. Like I'd never heard of oh, anything yeah. about him before, but he was a killer on the ice. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. I liked watching him kind of once the Devils picked him. I think he was 18th overall, I want to say, or at least somewhere in that range. And yeah, I played over in the queue and put up some points over there. And re- really, just from the start, it kind of sounded like he was going to be that uh, good two-way center. That I mean, maybe not necessarily like a top top end guy, but at least kind of that solid middle, like third line center that you know you're going to be able to win with. And that seems to be kind of what he's brought. And he's got that versatility. He can play on the wing. He can play center. I think he's played pretty much everywhere from the top to the third line to start the season. And yeah, like you say, he's just a dog on a stick basically. And it's nice watching him play. And yeah, I think he got uh, the one shorthanded goal against the Canucks there. And I was like, honestly, I think that was the turning point of the game. Cause oh, when the Canucks went on that pa- power play with two minutes to, or with, for, with two minutes and they were up for, or they were down to nothing at the time. I was like, okay, this is it. This is where the devil's, let in a power play goal and everything falls apart. And yeah, he wanted to get the shorthanded goal. And I was like, okay, that took some life out of the building. I'm feeling a little bit better now. Oh man, that <laughs> took everything out. They scored two goals on that power play. Mm-hmm. Not the Canucks, the New Jersey Devils. Like, <laughs> when do you see that? 
Like, just absolute disgrace. Mm-hmm. The um, Dawson Mercer, he was playing for Team Canada at the World Juniors, right? Yeah, because I recognize his name. Oh, was he? I, yeah, I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was, like, a, a force on that team that won gold. Yeah, it wasn't the, yeah. the most recent team in the summer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no. But I do because yeah, I, I recognize his name, but it's been a long time. So that makes sense that he was a World Junior student. Yeah, I think it was only, like, like not this, this last season, but the season before yeah, he was in like the that. World Juniors. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was in there for two years in a row. I think he got actually a little bit more playing time the first year around. It was his it was his draft eligible season, but he was an overager. He was he's a late birthday, so he was kind of one of the older guys. But yeah, he was in there. I think he was one of I think it was him last friend year in Byfield. I could be wrong on that, but I think it was maybe that season. And yeah, so he played there. He played the year after as well. So he was on the team for two seasons and I think the second year, I mean Canada was pretty stacked if I remember correct. And I don't think he got as much playing time, but He's just one of those guys, and even the people that I see that I follow on Devil's Twitter, everybody's like, he's just got a smile on his face all the time, and it's like he seems to be one of those guys that just every single person loves to have around. And nice when you kind of see those players on on your team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's actually one more guy that I wanted to ask you about, and it kind of goes back to when you were talking about Jesper Bratt and having players that kind of slowly come up and they show flashes, but they don't have that consistency to their game. And then it seems like this season they've just kind of not exploded, but they've kind of shown back up on the scene as a more consistent piece and a piece that can be relied on. And I think that as you were talking about that, uh, Jesper Bratt and his journey, the player that came to my mind just immediately uh, isn't actually a player, but Mackenzie Blackwood, because he's kind of come out this season and proven that he can be that starting goalie that they've always thought he could be. Yeah, and I think that's what they need. And he was the he was the big question mark coming into the season. I know a lot of Devils fans seem like from what I follow, a lot of people were unsure coming into the season. I know he was he was a bit of a polarizing player. He was the I think he was one of like two or three NHLers last year not to get the COVID vaccine right away. Mm. Uh, so I know that kind of put him behind the eight ball a little bit, just in terms of people how they felt about him. Uh, and then he was battling injuries last year and couldn't get healthy. And they brought him back this season. And right away, I was like, hey, I, was like, I want to be positive about this guy. But just haven't seen a lot of him in the last couple of years just because of injury and COVID stuff. So it's nice to see him come in this year, play a good couple of games. I, I still get shaky when I see him at times. And I think I actually tweeted out at one of the Devils broadcasters before the game last night. He tweeted out, he's like, oh, Mackenzie Blackwood is 4-0-0 all-time. He's the Canucks with two shutouts at a .75. <laughs> It's average, and I was like, oh, man, shit. why would you tweet that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think part of the reason why watching that goalie battle happen in New Jersey is just because Vitek Vanacek has been kind of like uh, a good piece to to you know keep Blackwood on his toes because I think at any minute Vitek Vanacek is a goalie that could steal the crease. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he did there for a little bit. He had a shutout against Colorado on the other week on Friday, I think mm-hmm. it was. He got the one nothing shutout against Colorado, and then he only let in one goal against Columbus the other day on Sunday. So I think a lot of people were even expecting him to start against the Canucks. But, yeah, they decided to go with Blackwood. And, I mean, it's one of those things where any time you hear about the 1A, 1B goalie situations, you're like, oh, I haven't heard of anybody win a cup with that, <laughs> with that setup necessarily. But... It works for some teams, and yeah, like you said, I think they're just pushing both of them because I don't, I, I don't know if either of them are elite goaltenders. Like, I don't think either of them are elite goaltenders, but I think they're both good goaltenders, and I think just kind of having, like you said, that push from each other to be better, and they know that if they have a flunker of a game, that uh, the, the next game they're not going to be starting because the guy behind them is just as ready to step in and hopefully prove himself and stay in longer than they can. 
Yeah, you know, you always need competition. That's how that's how you keep evolving. You can't get too comfortable with your situation or else, you know, you're not going to be playing at your top performance. Yeah, it's, it seems like a lot of teams are, are going with the the 1A, 1B goalie goalie style right now. Especially like, the good teams. Yeah, like yeah. it seems to be working for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Colorado's still trying to figure out who their starter is. It, yeah. it is Georgiev, but like... France News is... France, he, he's, yeah. he's getting some, some looks. Um even in Columbus, they're going back and forth every game. Yep. Um, and Calgary said they're going to start Vidar at least once a week. Once a week. Wow. Once a week. Um, really? Yeah. Oh wow. He said he said he wants to play him. Daryl Sutter said he wants to play him at least once a week just to keep him ready in case anything ever happens. Yeah. And to give Markstrom a little bit of a break. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, it's the way of the world. The Canucks are going to ride Demko till he's dead. Yeah. Sure. The one thing I do want to bring up uh, before you go is uh, the Luke Shen fight. Obviously, got the crowd erupting. Uh, it was a real weird fight, though, because so I guess on TV, you guys didn't see a whole lot of it, right? Yeah, no. no so we, it didn't show us much at all. Yeah, so on TV, they cut to it as Luke Shen was like landing on top of him, throwing blows. Like that was all we saw. So yeah, so yeah, so Luke Shen lands on I think it was Miles Wood. Okay, and they're fighting. And Miles Wood is on his back and Luke Shen's over top of him. But the referees don't come in at all. So for like a solid 15 seconds, like Luke Shen's just pummeling him into mm-hmm. the ground. Yeah. And then uh, I forget who it was. Uh, another New Jersey player came in. And then that's when Joshua came in mm-hmm. and started fighting that guy. Yeah. Which for some reason then Joshua got the third man in, which got him a game kicked out. Yes. So it was real weird. Um yeah, it was a super good, like, like it got the crowd erupted. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Luke Shen didn't get a penalty on those two hits. <laughs> they were so blatantly obvious, <laughs> a hit from behind. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah. There wasn't really much of a fight then, was there? It was just kind of like... It was just a ground and pound. Yeah. And then he just started beating <laughs> just, him. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was yeah. just the, the UFC on ice. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, it yeah. was... He had no chance. Like, I, I get why Luke Shen got the penalty, but at the same time... Like, the referees didn't stop them. They didn't hop in there. I don't even know what they were doing. Huh. So what uh, What was your take on that whole situation, Ryan? Did, did yeah, you see so it at my, all? So my memory, my memory of it, I think, and I think they showed the replay a little bit later. It was like, Shen had, like, two hits. He, he cross-checked. Oh, okay, again, this might be a slight devil's bias when I say this, because even in the <laughs> moment, I was like, my blood was boiling when it all happened. Because uh, <laughs> I saw, like, earlier in the play, Luke Shen hit bastion in the numbers not into the boards but like uh, open ice or whatever so hit him in the numbers so bastion goes down then play continues yada 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 and then luke shen comes in hits mcleod into the boards i'm like oh that's a penalty every single day rest arm doesn't go up i'm like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> yeah no that was <laughs> and a then, sure penalty and yeah and then the old the other they call it the bmw lines it's uh bastion uh, McLeod and Woods, so the BMW line there, oh, and the sick. third guy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Wood comes in and kind of starts chatting with Luke a little bit, and yeah, they drop the gloves. And I think Woods got the first couple punches in, but yeah, Luke got the ones after, and they kind of fell on top of each other, and just kept pounding away. And right away, I turned to the girlfriend, I'm like, "That's not what you do." I'm like, "That's not the code." Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, when you, I'm like, maybe one, you kind of knock a guy or you make sure he's down, but I'm like, you don't keep feeding a guy punches when he's got his back on the ice and can't fight back. So I wasn't too happy about that. And I, I thought it was, like you said, it was a weird play because Bastion came in 
And he kind of was, I don't know if he was trying to pull Shen off or kind of give him a couple whacks as well. Mm. But then Joshua came in and then it almost looked like they got Bastion out, but then uh, Joshua was, then it looked like he was right on top of Miles Wood afterwards. And I was like, man, like I, 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 Woods is a polarizing player. He's fast. He's gritty. He's somebody that you don't like to play against. Um, but yeah, he was on, he was on top of Woods. And so that's kind of what I thought maybe was the reason they gave him that extra penalty uh, and the game misconduct. And, that was the thing where, I mean, the Canucks got the power play out of it, which I was like already frustrated enough as it was. Cause I was like, Shen should get a boarding on that first play, but yeah. is what it is. But I was like, Oh, well the Canucks just lost the defensemen. So they're down to five defensemen for the rest of the game. Joshua, I mean, the fourth line player. So that's kind of what it was. And then I was like, okay. And Woods going to be back in the third period at least. So I was like, okay, devils just have to get through this penalty and like, I'll feel better. And then, yeah, sure enough, they get the shorthanded goal. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah, this turned out to work way better for you yeah. guys than it did for us. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah. Uh, that's quite quite the dirty play kind of by Shen. So, um, Yeah, I don't really know what happened. I mean, it's one of those things. I'm like, I don't know what's done and said on the ice. I'm like, it wouldn't shock me if Woods did something at some point. But, I mean, kind of from a, stand, a devil's standpoint looking in, I was like, okay, well, Woods was coming in to protect his players could shed it, knock two guys in the numbers, one of them into the boards, which I thought was pretty dangerous against McLeod. Um, and yeah, Woods came in and yeah, who knows really what happened. And obviously they talked right before the fight. So I'm like, oh, who knows what Woods said there that kind yeah. of bugged Chen <laughs> possibly as well. And I'm like, yeah, in, in the moment I definitely wasn't happy, but yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously worked out, which was uh, nice as for being a devil's fan. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And the devils look, look pretty good. But uh, that's probably about all the time we have here. Um, that was awesome, awesome to talk to you. It's always good to hear from you. Um, is there anything? Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, anything else that you want to talk about at all, or? Uh, not too much. No, yeah, no. I mean, it was uh, was a good game. Obviously, I think the one of the toughest parts about being a Devils fan is the uh, the red jersey really sticks out in a crowd of blue. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does yellow, my friend. Yeah, no <laughs> that's doubt. true. Yeah, I said uh, my my girlfriend's cousin actually he's a Devils fan. Randomly enough, he's uh, he's a Devils fan. He lives in Calgary. And I'm like, man, like you don't get it. Like a Devils jersey blends in way better with the Flames jersey than it does a Canucks jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, well, yeah. well, that was uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and. As always, and we'll definitely have you on again for sure. Absolutely, look forward to it, and uh, yeah, hopefully next day. Hopefully next day is a little, a little bit closer. I mean, I still like the Devils win, but I'm like, oh, the, the the close games are tense, but I definitely prefer watching those ones. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for coming on, right? Yeah, Robert. thanks, man. All right, on, thanks, guys. All right, we'll thanks. talk to you later. Well, that was a really fun interview. Thanks, uh, thanks to Ryan again for uh, coming on. Yeah, it's always always a pleasure to hear from a Devils fan because. You're the only one that I know. <laughs> Not too many of you out there. Actually, I do I know like, one other one. I feel but. like there might be quite a few just because, like, in the early 2000s, they were so good. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was a really little kid, I liked the Devils. Cause... Well, my buddy Ranch is a big uh, um, Devils fan. Oh, yeah. But he, he grew up when the Devils were, like, top-notch, so. Yeah, right. In the kind of, like, late 90s, <clears throat> early 2000s yeah. when they won their cups. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Patrick Eliash years. Yeah. Eliash, Scott Stevens, Scott Stevens killing everybody. If Ryan I... Gianto? Yeah, yeah, he was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also, um, uh, was it Scott Niedemeyer? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scotty too. Marty yeah. Brodeur. Yep. Yeah, Marty Brodeur. How could we forget about him? Yeah, had a legend. And Jamie <laughs> Langenbrunner, I think. Oh, oh God, here we go. Now <laughs> reaching all the way back for that name. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, just such a fun team, and no wonder there's so many fans kind of scattered throughout. Oh, throughout yeah. the world. All born in the '90s. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
Anyway. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. So after the break, we got more hockey to jump into. Yeah. And we'll take you right there, right after another word from our sponsor. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast and every episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Buzz Energy Drink. Thank you so much to Beaver Buzz for supporting the boys. We here at Vancouver Boys Studios are Beaver Buzzing. Hey, you sound just like Marcus. <laughs> oh, God. And in lieu of a fake sponsor this week, we here at Vancouver Boys Studios would like to acknowledge that this month is Movember. Movember is and has been an incredible campaign ran every November to raise awareness for men's cancers and more broadly men's health issues. As men who have lost men in our, in our lives way too early, Movember is a campaign that we fully support and should you choose to make any sort of donation, you can find the link to their website in our bio, on our Instagram, through our link tree. Back to the show. Secret Tranny Jake. <laughs> You're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. That's her name. Don't wear it out. Man, we got to sign this guy to a 6x6. Six six. Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. Welcome back from break, everybody. We're I mean, it's the second half of the show already? It sure is. I huh? feel like we might be missing something here. We are definitely missing something, and it is a pretty goofy situation we're in. <laughs> we are, we? So with that being said... <laughs> they get uh, worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It's so hard. It's, it's like a bad dad well, joke. <laughs> okay, it's so hard to like throw Goof of the Week into there right after yeah. break, because it's like, we're not talking about anything goofy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the break's goofy. Yeah, here you go, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Take her away, buddy. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, don't even bother hitting the button either. I'm not. Who knew <laughs> Screw the it, right? Yeah, whatever. I don't know which one it is. That's the problem. Marcus usually. Wait, does did it. you change the buttons? No, but Marcus usually press it. I think just, it's purple. Just press a button. No, no, it's just not press pink any one. button. It's the pink one. No, pink is me. I know that. <laughs> oh no, it's the orange one. Did you turn up the volume on it? No, it's all the way down. Oh, okay, but then, <laughs> all the way up. Not all the way up. That one is really loud when you turn it all the way up. <laughs> what a goof! Yeah, it's still fucking loud, my guy. All right, Jesus. We found it. All right. Well, that's right. This is my segment of the show, the biggest goof of the week. This is the part of the show where I go and I find a story that involves a person, player, coach, team, organization, whatever, what have you in the sports world. I bring up that story with the guys and we have a little chat about it. And this week, we are doing a part two. Yes, that's right. A sequel issue of the biggest goof of the week because I already brought this up a few months ago when uh, an event was announced. And now that that event has transpired, I thought we might check into this goofy event. And that is the theater performance that was the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight. Uh, you think it's fake? I do not think I know. There's no way this oh, is really. Yes. So after the fight, it, there was this video that started circulating online, and it was the knockdown that Jake Paul had on Anderson Silva in the last round of the fight, mind you. Um, because I think during the fight, you could have went either way. I, I watched kind of most of the fight. I missed the first two rounds, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Throughout most of the fight, it kind of went back and forth either way. Like it, it was going to go, if it was going to go the distance, it would have been a split decision. Yeah. But it was going to go the distance. And then out of nowhere in the final round, Jake Paul throws this limp fist at Anderson Silva and he drops like a sack of potatoes. Everyone was kind of like, what? But anyway, Anderson Silva pops right back up because it was obviously a fake punch and a fake drop. And then the rest of the fight continues. And sure enough, Jake Paul gets the decision. 
after the fight, this video surfaces, and um, I don't know how we will be able to find it, but I know it's out there on the internet somewhere, so if you're curious, please go ahead and look for it, um, where you can clearly see Jake Paul swing in slow motion, and he completely misses Anderson Silva's face. He might clip like his nostril on the way by, but he misses 99% of Anderson Silva's face, and then Anderson Silva drops like, hey, when you see a hit like that, usually those guys, their jaws start rattling, right? Their necks turn, and then they drop. Yeah. This was nothing. This was swing, miss, drop. Some, sometimes when you're tired, though, and, like, I was going to say, you, yeah. you get a shot, and it just hits the right spot, like, somewhere, like, the nose is a pretty um, sensitive area. You just get something in the right spot, it can it can bring anybody down. Also, could you, like, could have been a flinch, because I know, I mean, it does I think it takes a point away when you fall down, but then you also get that ten seconds of rest, and it is at the end. Like I didn't watch the whole thing, so I don't really know if like he was that tired. Like he is a UFC fighter, he also is older. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find it hard to believe that you can fake uh, a whole boxing event and have nobody actually leak it or know about it or anything. But it was that punch did look weird. Like it didn't mm-hmm. look like he touched him. I think the reason why there's so much speculation is because this was Jake Paul's, I think it was his sixth fight? Yeah, I think so. And every single one of them, there's been controversy about it being fake. Every single one, right? He's never had, like, a clean punch that landed, that looked real. Uh, 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 That's Nate Robinson got knocked the fuck out. I know you guys would bring that one up. If you look at, there's a, a stunt performance from the movie Creed, and the punch that gets thrown in the stunt actor's face looks identical to the one that Nick Robinson took. I mean, yeah, but at the same or, time, you, Nate you Robinson is not a stunt Do you think actor. Nate Robinson is perfectly taking a punch to go down? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. He's a basketball player. <laughs> I know. I know he's not a fighter, but like at the same time, I just there's just so many things lining up to make me believe well, like this when, whole thing is just one big performance. Or when like Woodley got punched in the face. Yeah, and he got knocked out. Like he there's got no dropped like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. But even also, for how much? Here's the other thing with it, right? Jake Paul is an uh, internet personality, right? And he needs his looks to be, you know, uh, to be successful online, right? Like, why would he step into the ring and, and risk losing everything? He's the problem, child. He doesn't yeah, care what he, he doesn't looks care like. Anymore. Well, he, he hasn't taken a single punch that's even left him with a cut. Because so. he's he's not fighting actual fighters. Yeah. Anyway, to I think fair, the whole thing's bullshit. Deji, he fought Deji in, like, the original uh, yeah, yeah, YouTuber yeah. boxing. He yeah. got a bloody nose. But, like, that's the only blood I think he's actually had. <laughs> exactly, right? I don't know. I think that the whole thing's rigged. And uh, I hate it because I think there's a lot of people who are losing money on this. I want to see him fight if he's gonna fight another youtuber or something i want to see him fight ksi i think that's the next step and if not i want to see canelo go in the ring and knock him the fuck <laughs> out <laughs> okay so like i agree with you i'd love to see that but at the same time why would canelo do that dude canelo, like, canelo make, has everything to lose and jake paul has everything to win yeah but canelo can make so much money on that fight yeah, that's true just be but then like, it would be loses, an absolute cash grab his, his whole reputation is down the drain it doesn't uh, matter. To be honest, it, if it, enough it money's on the, the line, dollars. right? Yeah. If if, if, it, if there's enough money out there, fuck, his reputation takes a bit of a smear. But like, what are the odds he loses the fight anyway? Uh, for that's what I mean. A hundred. I he he would be able to make close to like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Anyone would pay to watch Canelo. Yeah. Beat the shit out of Jake Paul. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't like Jake Paul is going to watch that fight because it's Canelo. Yeah. And anyone who likes Jake Paul is going to watch that fight. So you're going to have the world watching this fight. Yeah, that's true. There's going to be so <laughs> much fair. money. Yeah. Like, I would pay-per-view that. Oh, yeah. 
we would have a pay per view event party. I exactly. Think. Yeah. He needs to fight Nate Diaz. Now oh. that Nate Diaz wants to go into the boxing world. Yeah. Oh, Nate Diaz is an animal. I think I'd be willing to put a significant amount of money on the fact that eventually Conor McGregor will box Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whichever one's closer to him in stature. I think it's Jake Paul. Because yeah. Logan Paul's actually pretty big. Logan yeah, Paul is sure. big. Yeah. But, wow, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. There's the biggest goof of the week, the Jake Paul-Anderson Silva fight, which I think is completely rigged. These guys don't for some reason, but I guarantee you it's all bullshit, and it'll come out eventually, and then Jake Paul owe a lot of people money. So there you go. Biggest goof of the week, Jake Paul. Goofy Again. Goof. Big goofy goof. Anyways, what's next? All right, there's, uh, there's something I wanted to talk about real quick. Okay. And it involves defensemen in the NHL. Ooh, fun. Yeah, so I figured you would like this. Oh, yeah. Goalies and then defensemen. Yeah, I'm just bringing like talking up, about goalies. I'm just bringing up all sorts of goodies here. Okay, sure. if you guys were to name the top ten point getters in the NHL or defensemen uh, right now, fucking ten? Are you kidding me? Okay, no, we're not actually going to name all ten, but I'm just okay. like, based off the list of the top ten, I want you guys to just throw out a couple names that you were like, okay, you know, what, these are top ten, like these guys are going to be in. Yeah, and I'm going to let you know if they're even close to being in that list. I know who's number one and number two. I don't know yeah. the well, rest of the list, but... But that's not what he's saying. What yeah, he's saying yeah, yeah. is name players you think would be in the top ten. Uh, Kale McCarr. No. Okay. He's Yossi. not in the top ten in points. And no, neither is Roman Yossi. I know. Roman Yossi only got his first point like a couple games ago. Yeah. Bad. Victor Hedman? He's also not in the top ten. Ooh. Like, this list is ridiculous. Who do you guys think is number one? I know. Al- Alex yeah. obviously knows, yeah. but Jake, Jake, do you do you know? Isn't it like Eric Carlson or Rasmus Dahlin? It is Eric Carlson. Yeah, it's yeah. Eric Carlson. He's also second in the league in goals. Yeah, it's with nine at, at the time. He's got nine goals. He, he had a hat trick last game. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, Eric yeah, Carlson, bounce back career, Jesus. bounce back season. Yeah. Then Rasmus Dahlin, yeah. and then another Swede, Hampus Lindholm. Really? Lindholm. Yeah. Wow. Eleven points. Who am I thinking of? Who does Lampus Lindholm play for? Boston. He's playing for Boston now. He's playing for Boston. He was in Anaheim okay. for a while. Yeah, I was like, who the you hell? Yeah, probably Klingberg. Oh, well, maybe. But now, now he's who's the forward in Calgary? Elias Lindholm. Elias, Elias Lindholm. Lindholm. Okay, yeah. And then number four, Justin Falk. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then number five, Mikhail Sergachev. Like this list is yeah. just like random. Yeah. It, it, well, it is early in the season, but at the same yeah, time, still though. Yeah, yeah and then that's super weird. And then you have Adam Fox, who you would expect to be up yeah. there. Yeah. Petrangelo, who you know, like hasn't done it over the past years, but like he's got the potential to get yeah. points. Yeah. And then Shea Theodore, how's he doing? He's number ten. Oh, okay. All right. But then eight and nine are kind of like really. Yeah. Shane Goth despair. Oh God. Ghost. Oh, Arizona. Yep. Jeez. Well, and Brandon Montour. Who's Where's kind of stepped in with Ekblad being out and them trading Mackenzie uh, Weger. Where is Miro Heiskanen on that list? Because Dallas is doing pretty well. And so yeah. I would think that Heiskanen would, you know, he'd, he'd be a big part of the reason why. Miro Heiskanen is number 34. Really? And he's yes. not even the highest Finn on this list. Well, who would be the highest Oh, no. Finn? I thought Rasmus Dahlin was Finnish, but he's not. No. I think he's Swedish. Finnish he defenseman. Yep. Do we know him? You probably don't, but if, if I said his <laughs> name, you would. What team? Is it going to be a dead giveaway? Um, Or what? Uh, what no, division? you know what? No, I can I can tell you what team. Uh, Detroit. What? Yep. A Finn defenseman on Detroit? Olimata? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I can see that. 
Man, what a, this has been such a weird start to the season. Yeah. And I know so many people are like, oh, it's early. It's early. It is weird. It is, it is wild. It is weird, you know, that the Toronto Maple Leafs are 500. Yep. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's weird that, you know, the Canucks have had the start they've had. Eric Carlson's it's, already got more goals than Matthews will get on the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah nine goals. That's crazy. That's got to be some sort of record right there. It's just, it's such a weird start to the season. I'm loving it, but it's so bizarre. And speaking of things that are bizarre, I have a story I want to bring up with you guys yeah, here. absolutely. So as you guys know, and I think you guys might even know about this story so far, the Ottawa Senators are on the market. They're, yep. They're, you know, obviously Eugene Milnick um, sadly passed away, I think it was last year. Yep. Uh, and so the team kind of went to his family, and I guess they're not interested in managing the team, so they're looking to sell it. Oh, they kill our money for yeah, it. Yeah, right. And there's been quite a few of interested parties um, I think the one that's most serious right now is some uh, some big wig in Montreal. He's looking at buying the team, and I think it'll probably end up in his hands. Yeah. However, there's been a lot of interesting names that have been popping up here and there about people who are looking to buy the team. And one of them, which I think is extremely interesting uh, to people from the Vancouver area, is... Ryan Reynolds is apparently in the running to buy the Ottawa Senators. And how this this might come as a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but he actually just bought a soccer team in Wales. So, Dude, that's it, so funny. Exactly, right. So it might not be as crazy as you think it is for him to buy this the Ottawa Senators. This guy's got money. And his yeah. wife has also got money. Yeah. And a lot of his money comes from places where people might not expect. It's actually from his Aviator Gin brand that he gets most of his money. Yeah. Yeah, apparently that thing's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. He might actually buy the Ottawa Senators. That would that would be insane. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a good time to buy. Yeah, I they're mean, all on the rise right now, and they're building that new stadium downtown. Yeah, like that. That I would buy. Oh my god, Senators. that that organization's <laughs> value is going to skyrocket as soon as that team moves to Ottawa. Yeah, like that is a passionate, passionate fan base that just can't get out to games because it's forty five minutes outside. Exactly. The if I ever hit my Sunday football parlay that has 24 teams in it, <laughs> I will buy the other yeah, listening to the voice of the new yeah. owner of yeah. the Senators. Hey, Twisted Tyler Arenas. Yeah. Yeah, I like the sound of that. <laughs> we got full-on Twisted Tees partnerships up yeah. in that thing. That would be wicked. Yeah. That would be a good sponsorship. Oh, that would be good. It'd be like, hey, guys, uh, you guys want to work on something? Yeah, take the water out of the vending machines and yeah. replace it with Twisted Tea. Yeah, Twisted Tea on the jersey. Yeah, no water fountains. <laughs> this is just straight up alcohol. <laughs> Eight, 18 yeah. or over, or, yeah, no, it's 19 there, isn't it? 19 uh, or over to come to a hockey game because yeah. the water fountains are Twisted Tea. <laughs> <laughs> you say the jersey sponsors Twisted Tea? Yeah. Yeah, may also make the helmet sponsor yeah. Twisted Tea. <laughs> yeah, and we're changing the logo the to logo my head twisted. of yeah, yeah. The, twisted, the Twisted Tyler head. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny, and I thought I'd bring it up with you guys. Almost a goof of the week, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, that would that'd be awesome. Yeah. Be I, awesome. Oh, I'd love it. Also, because, like, I think there's something to be said about passionate owners. Like, when you think about teams that have, you know, really, a really incredible fan base, um, a really strong brand, you think of, like, the Dallas Mavericks or the L.A. Clippers who have owners that are super involved, right? Like yep. Mark Cuban, and I forget the guy's name that owns the Clippers, but he's also you know super involved and super well-respected. Mm-hmm. And so when you have these guys own and manage the teams, it, um, well, I shouldn't say manage, but you know what I mean, right? When they're yeah. involved with yeah, the hockey yeah, operations. Exactly. Involved, yeah. yeah, it just, I don't know, it, it really adds to the whole brand and, and the sale of the team and, and, and support, right? And... Especially yeah, if you're like a big dame in Canada, like everyone knows Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. Yeah. Canadians, Americans, like everyone loves the guy. Yeah. 
So that that would be just the perfect person to buy that team. And I I could be wrong, but isn't it the Molson family that owns the Canadians? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Uh, I could no, be no. wrong. Anyway, but if if they do, and I'm right about that, then that's also another example of that, right? Mm, yeah. So, but anyway, uh, so I thought that was kind of a bit of an interesting story. And there's one more thing I want to bring up with you guys before we can, you know, sail off into other topics. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, uh, we have some PK Subban news. <laughs> no. <laughs> Red one. No. Yeah. I think it's the blue one. No, there it is. Yeah, some PK Subban news this week. Uh, it was announced, and to nobody's surprise, that PK Subban has a show coming out Ooh, with, with ESPN uh. in May. So, nobody's surprised. He is pivoting into hockey media just nearly instantly. Um, and to you know what we thought and we kind of projected was that was going to be like um, the natural step for him anyway, and probably why he retired as early as he did. I wish he went to sports in it. I wish he came to the Vancouver Boys podcast yeah. <laughs> and paid us. <laughs> what are the odds you think we get him on the podcast? Subban? Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like that would be hard, but we can give it a shot. I'll DM him. Yeah, I mean, might as well give it a shot, right? Hey, man, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> New phone, who this? <laughs> yeah, did you guys see what his Halloween costume was? Yeah, so PK Subban has gone as like a pretty cool different personality throughout the the uh, eras uh, every halloween he's gone as prince he's gone as michael jackson's uh, thriller thing and this year he went as pop smoke oh i did see this <laughs> oh I that's did wicked see this. and he did a wicked yeah, job it looked really good actually yeah. yeah like he committed he had the you know the you know the pop smoke dreads like oh, everyone yeah, yeah. knows that 100 like, yeah like that's like the the trademark but like he also had all the jewelry he had like the 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 kind of like like matching suit thing going on wow. he just did a perfect job of looking like pop smoke that is incredible yeah yeah he was even kind of like walking around with the same swagger as pop smoke anyway i don't know i, I think this could have gone wrong for him but he did the the whole thing pretty well and respectful and and i liked it yeah, no, that that could have gone very wrong. Yeah, but I, I'm glad things worked out, and I mean it's PK Subban, so usually things work out when he, when he goes off on a limb and does something crazy. Yeah. So he's a man of many, he's a man of many talents. Yeah. Anyway, so PK Subban stories, I love them. I wish that we could talk about PK every week as we did last year, but obviously that's not something that we can keep up this year. But <laughs> for different reasons, because yeah. he's not <laughs> slew footing people this year. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy that that was actually a storyline like less than a year ago. But yeah, there you go. So there's some PK Subban news for all of you guys who are craving your PK Subban news. He's gonna kill it on TV. Like, just the guy's meant oh, for I TV. Know. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's so, so upsetting that he's going to ESPN and not Sportsnet. Yeah. But. Yeah, there's more money in American yeah. media, so. I'm not going to Well, I think PK is going to splash us into the inbox this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so loud. God, turn down the sound effects, please. Dude, it's like under half. Oh, God, I know, but they're so loud. <laughs> anyway. No, we got uh, we got some great questions this week from you guys. So cool. uh, we're going to jump into a few of them real quick here. With the Canucks having a fairly easy November schedule coming up, do you think that they can turn things around, or is this ship too far gone? 
I think they can turn it around. It. I think more of a question is if they should turn it around. Like, they're already at the bottom. Yeah. Do they have a better chance at getting the first overall pick or making it to the second, third round? (laughs) Man, that's tough. I would say it's 50-50 if you're asking those. Yeah. Those questions. Wow. I I think they got a better shot at the first overall pick. I think so, too. They are, as of the data recording... They're exactly last place in the league. All right, let's yeah, let's I, honestly like let's just drive this ship into the ground. Like they're not beating Calgary in seven games. They're not beating Edmonton in seven games. They're not beating Vegas in seven games right now. Yeah, no, and they're not beating Colorado in seven. Yeah, Only not beating Nashville in seven either. Okay, <laughs> no, they're beating them in four. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a genuine like like do they just. Start shipping everything out and just going for Bedard. To be honest, like, do what Montreal did last year, right? Montreal made it to the Cup Finals in 2020, came last place in 2021, and now they're looking like a decent team. Yeah. You know? Like, they're they're 500, right? Like, a team that's 500 can all of a sudden turn it on and make the playoffs no problem. So, I think the Canucks absolutely should tank for Bedard. I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't. That being said, I don't think they will. I think they will turn it on, and I think a lot of people think they will. Well, I mean, like like you said with Montreal, they got the first overall pick last year. Yep. They traded for Monaghan, who looks like a different player than his later career in Calgary. Oh, yeah. They traded for Kirby Doc, who's a young player that was drafted third overall a few years back. They're doing the whole rebuild thing right. Caulfield, Suzuki, some defenseman named Wi-Fi. <laughs> Arbor Jack guy is not exactly a cornerstone defenseman. Uh, no, yeah, but you need they also like don't him. have defensemen. But like Slavkovsky <laughs> said he will yeah. kill anybody, so it's fun playing. Yeah, fight anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that the Canucks have enough pieces that they, like, there's no way that they finish last place in the league. That being said, though, out of anything I've ever said on this podcast, I hope that's the thing I'm wrong about the most. You know, I'd love to eat those words. But yeah, it's it, it's a tough pill to swallow as uh, like Canucks fans, but at the same time, what's better, just making it to the playoffs just to get eliminated in the first round, or having a one in ten shot of getting uh, generational talent? Yeah, yeah. like I, if this was like a like last year when the first overall pick was like like nobody really knew like there wasn't like this like crazy player. Not saying not taking anything away from yeah, one hundred percent. But like Bedard's just a whole nother like this is a yeah. franchise changing player. Yeah. And even if you don't get first pick, the top four could be game changers for your yeah. team. I mean, if they even if they got Matt Vemichkov, yeah, that'd be and sick. they had him in three years. Like this is they just have yeah. Team Russia. <laughs> yeah, they'd have they'd have arguably four of the top five Russian players in the NHL because Ovechkin has to retire at some point, and then the only one I can think of. Like right off the top of my head would be Evgeny Svechnikov. That'd Nikita be in that Kucherov. Tier. Yeah, Kucherov. Oh right, yeah, Kucherov. Uh, Nikchushkin. There's a lot of Russian players. Nikchushkin. Yeah, but I feel like that. Well, we got like we some got, of those we guys. Got could good Russian it. players for sure. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like another uh, like that whole McDavid draft. Like you had McDavid, you had Eichel going second, who would go yeah. first in an, any yeah, other any draft, draft within yeah. like the next ten years. Like yeah, yeah, any of those top players. Yeah, is somebody that you could go down for. We should have tanked for Yakupov. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. is like the Canucks, when they did their rebuild, they got bad. But the highest pick they had in their rebuild, and I'm putting air quotes up, was five. Right? That was the highest pick they had. 
in their rebuild. And we got a, a Liz Patterson. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about all you love you. No, he was <laughs> he was six. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, and it's like look at the teams that are successful now. Right, like the Avalanche. They picked McKinnon at number one. They picked McCarr at number four. Right, like they had those really high picks. You know, look at Chicago before they went on their, you know, quote unquote dynasty. Um, they had Taves at three and Kane at one. Like you have yeah. to get those like really really high end players sometimes. You need those names. Yeah, you, you need, need, names you need on your them. team. And they don't have that's the thing that the Canucks are missing. They don't have a number one big name guy. Yeah. And JT Miller isn't it. He never was it, and he's never going to be it. If only the Canucks would have drafted Matthew Kachuk at six instead of Ole Levy, we could have yeah. traded him for Huberto and Uyghur. Yeah, and this team would be And then this team would be way better. Yeah. <laughs> was Kachuk yeah. part of the McDavid draft? No. Uh Matthew Kachuk was the Austin Matthews draft. Uh, yeah. Have you I'm guessing you guys have seen the whole, like, in that McDavid draft, how, like, everybody yeah. was amazing except for the three players that the Boston, Boston Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Like, they it's got so crazy looking Jake back on DeBrusque, that. Um, Jakob Zaboral, and Zach Seneshin. And then, like, the next, like, five players after that, it was, like, yeah. Besser, Barzell, yeah. Shabbat. Barzell, Shabbat, Connor. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Konechny. There was a ton of them. Like, they had wild. so many chances, and they just missed on all three on yeah. probably one of the deepest drafts we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, Dabrowski isn't bad, but the rest of them, like, oh. when you compare him to the players, yeah, that they exactly. Yeah. Matt Shabbat on that defensive core. Oh, man. Oh, I know. Shabbat Barzell on that team. Yeah. Boston would have been a dynasty. Oh, oh. yeah. 100%. Yeah. If they would have hit. Absolutely. Anyway, but to go back and answer the question, I think the big thing with the Canucks this month is you're right. They do have a schedule where it's like they can write the ship if they win, obviously, more than half the games they have this, this month. But the big question mark, unfortunately, comes before this episode releases, and that's Thursday, November 3rd, against the Anaheim Ducks. If they win that game, then they're basically staking their claim as not one of the worst teams in the league. If they lose, though, I think it's tank season. And we'll know by Friday. I'm saying 4-2 for the Ducks. Oh, I was thinking 6-3 Ducks, but... I'm thinking 4-3 Canucks. I'm thinking, like, how can the Canucks lose on BXs? But they're going to find a way to do it. 6-3 Ducks. To be fair, like, no, I don't think any of those guys played with BX besides... All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's the next question? All right. Next question. Do we get rid of Bruce Boudreaux if Barry Trotz is in the mix? No. Yes, 100%. Absolutely not. Okay, so I went to the game, uh, or the last game where they played the Hurricanes. We have so much talent, uh, and I just, like, I'm not saying Boudreaux's a bad coach. I just I just don't think that he's gelling with the team. I think we need a fresh uh, start. I think a coach does that. I don't think we get rid of him unless it's for Barry Trotz, who has taken a team like the Washington Capitals, who were always, like, in the mix, couldn't do it, taught them how to play defense, and then they go on to win a Stanley Cup. The one problem we always say that the Canucks have is they don't know how to play, like, the defensive end. Barry Trotz is somebody that can come in and teach them how to do that. The only problem I have with bringing in Barry Trotz is he is going to ruin this team's offensive future. Yeah. Barry Trotz the, is a very... This team will be decent defensively because... Yeah. <laughs> you have players like Tyler Myers and your defense no matter what is is not going to be a good defense. No. 
they, they will play a better structure of defense, but it's going to ruin the confidence of all these offensive players, and you're still going to lose games because your offense isn't going to score. And, like, and your defense isn't good enough like the Islanders had that that year with Trots or the Capitals had with Trots there. Like they had a the solid Preds. defensive core at, or the Preds. Like all these teams with proper defensive cores, you, you can't just fix the Canucks defense. You can give them a better structure, but they're still gonna let in they're still gonna let in a bunch of goals. And their offense isn't gonna have the opportunities to score as much. I, I think the big thing with Bruce is he needs to fix the line combos and fix the way he's working these forwards. He's got to give them a little more freedom like he did at the end of last season. He's got to play certain players together because Miller at the middle isn't great. I mean, he's playing on the wing now, but there's just a lot of little tweaks I think that he needs to make to to make this team better. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here because I think Tyler kind of perfectly said it. But yeah, Boudreaux isn't the problem. But even if he was and you booted him and brought in Barry Trotz, um, Barry Trotz is just not the coach for this team. Barry Trotz operates best when he has a solid decor that he can make amazing, right? Like he builds teams from the from the net out. And to give him this decor and say, all right, implement your style, it's going to be a disaster, right? I, maybe they would win a few more games. They'll win a couple 2 nothing, one nothing, you know, 2-1 but you're not going to see this team play the way they were designed to play, which is high-octane offense, um, and, and you know, hopefully your goalie can steal a few for you, which... Yeah. I mean, you say that, but then that's how they've been playing, and this is the result that we've had. So it's obviously something's not working. Yeah, but I don't think that's yeah, a our, coaching our, our issue. Our players I suck. Yeah, I think, like, like, I think it's I a structural issue. Right? I, I don't changed? think our players have the potential to play proper defense. But that's they, the biggest but problem. But they did last year. What's changed from last year to this year? It's all the same players. We've gotten more better players. I think they just scored more. Their defense still was bad. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I think Barry Trotz can come in and teach that defensive aspect. I'm not saying that he's going to come in and like make a Stanley Cup contenders or anything. He's not going to make Tyler Myers into a top two defenseman, but he's going to teach our forwards how to play in the defensive zone. They're going to give structure. Like, our fucking power play and our penalty kill are so bad. Well, the power play is okay. It's just predictable. That's what I mean. Like, we're not scoring on it. Our penalty kill, we get scored on so much. Like, it's just we need a new structure change. And for some reason, Boudreaux isn't doing that. Well, I think you're right, but I I think you're both right, right? Like, you're right in the fact that the defensive structure needs to be addressed. But at the same time, you don't have those experienced defensive pieces that have the experience and have the knowledge and, and the awareness and the vision to be able to pivot from the defensive zone out, right? Like, sure, anybody can block a shot or anybody can can get in a passing lane, but it's once you've interrupted the offensive zone pressure that you're that you're feeling from the other team, it's can you turn that back into an opportunity? Can you break the puck out? Can you... Can you hold on to the puck and not be stripped? Like, there's a lot that these players don't have that I don't think they ever will. And I know that's really disrespectful to say about some of them, but, like, Luke Shen's never going to be a good puck-moving defenseman, right? Tyler Myers is a lost cause. OEL's burnt out. You know, Quinn Hughes is too small. It's just, like, they just don't have the pieces that they need to develop and build a strong decor, right? It's just, it's never going to happen. Can I say a hot take? Absolutely. Yep. That's why you're here. Um I know we talk about how uh, we think there's an odd man out here, 
on the forward core. Yep. Uh, I think we should move Pod Colson to the minors. That's a very hot take. Why do you say that? Just watching him out there, he he just looks like he's a step behind. He he bobbles the puck. Uh, at the game, like yeah, every time he got the puck, he would bobble it. He was falling on the ice. Like I I just don't know what's up with him. I it, he just doesn't look comfortable out there. And if we need to make a move and we don't want to trade a player, I say put Pod Colson down in the AHL where he can play that top line, play against people who aren't as good, get his confidence back up or something. Because he just looks lost out there. He doesn't he doesn't even look like he's got the skill to be able to play in the NHL right now, which is, I mean, it's it's tough, but like he's, he just does not look good out there. He does more bad than he does good. I think he's just trying to do too much. I think you got to kind of rein him in, tell him, hey, you need to focus on shooting the puck and throwing your weight around. But that's like, the thing is he can't even get the puck down in the offensive zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well then you have to you have to change his his mentality, right? When he's when he's moving into the offensive zone, maybe he's the trailer, maybe he isn't the, the puck carrier, or maybe he isn't crashing the net right away. You know, or maybe he's looking for a pass, or maybe he's you know, just like they have to try to shuffle up the playbook here, right? They can't keep running the same stuff into the ground and expecting that it's gonna work. That that's my perspective on it. Well, you also can't play Pod Colson with Amon and Joshua. <clears throat> On a line. I just don't think that's going to work. No. The um, Pod Colson's best game of the season is when he was playing on a line with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko. That's, that game, they looked so comfortable. Yeah. He looked great. And then ever since that game, when he got moved down the lineup, it, it's been a different Pod Colson, like you said. It's not the player that we expected. Everyone expected huge things. And I, I think he and he's definitely he's definitely been struggling as of late. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's got to be a switch up in our forwards, whether it's a trade, whether it's somebody getting moved down. Like something's got to change. It's not working. We do have an odd man out. We have a hole in our defense. It seems like it should be set up, but I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, speaking of defensemen, Ethan Bear looked really good. Yeah, he looks solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be like the answer to everyone's prayers, but as like a, a bottom six, sometimes moved up into the the second line or second pairing. Yeah. I think he's a really serviceable defenseman. To me, I think he's going to be an awesome deadline piece. <laughs> like the the return yeah. they're going to be able to get for him. Yeah. is going to be wicked at the deadline. But anyway. I, I hate the fact that this team is not playing Jack Rathbone consistently. <laughs> It's one thing that's going to bug the crap out of me forever. Like, we're not winning games. It doesn't matter. Play this kid. Let's see what he can do. The only reason he's struggling is because he's not playing. He's not getting any repetitions. Play him game after game. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what his value is. He might surprise us, or we might be able to get something for him. I I, I do agree, but who do you play him with? At at this point, I don't even care. Anyone. Put him with Ethan Bear. yeah, like I would say Ethan Bear, but like yeah, it, he needs a, a a good defensive defenseman. Put him with he's so offensive. Put him with Luke Shen, third then, pairing. Then who do you play with Hughes? That's the thing. It's well, like Luke Luke Shen should not thing. be playing on the first defense. I, I agree. I agree. You either unless he's getting in fights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you can. <laughs> yeah, give him all the ice time he wants. <laughs> then put put Rathbone with Luke Shen on the third pairing. You bump Ethan Bear up to the second pairing because he plays the right side. With Oliver Ekman Larson, 
and you play Hughes and Myers together. <laughs> I mean, personally, right, I no, personally, I would rather have Hughes move to the right side because he's only done it in a preseason game, and it wasn't even that bad. He actually, he actually looked pretty good, in my opinion. You play OEL and Hughes together. You play Myers and Rathbone. I don't know. You you do something, and then you play Shannon and Bear or. Rathbone and Bear together with Shen and, and Myers. Yeah. Uh, something's got to change. I think we can all agree. Something's got to change. Yeah. No, that's for sure. And uh, that's pretty much all the time we have on this episode. Sadly, because we have a lot more questions, but we will try and get through more next episode. Time. Did you say time? Speaking of the time. It's time. For, for Tyler's surprise, surprise headline. headline. It's time. Tyler has the, one of the biggest smiles I've ever seen him have right now. This has to be real. Okay. Florida woman. Ooh. Ooh. Stabs her sister with EpiPen because she's allergic to drunks. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> They're at the bar one night. Okay. <laughs> Bunch of drunk guys hitting on these girls. <laughs> so, boom, sister comes in, stabs her with the EpiPen because apparently she is allergic to drugs. <laughs> Never heard anything like this before. Me neither. <laughs> this makes me think of like when like Tinder dates are trying to like find the emergency exit. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> like, oh, I left the garburator on or something, you know? <laughs> oh, crap. You have an allergic reaction, Stab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We said a fake one, not a real one. <laughs> yeah. Man, people are weird. People are weird. I don't understand it. Oh, but. Allergic to drunks. Yep. That's a new one. Is, is that even a thing? I, I don't think that's possible. Uh, <laughs> you just turn drunk. You're like, ah, no, I can't do this. <laughs> you still drunk. Oh, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> Breaking out knives over yeah. here. Uh, Wait a minute. If she was allergic to drunks, why'd she go to the bar? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's yeah. like that's like if you're allergic to bee stings and then you swat a beehive. <laughs> like, that not is, a very smart idea. That is very true. Why, that's why. Why would you walk into a bar? That's why I think this is fake. Oh, I was going to say, I think this is real. Oh, I'm glad we're split here. I just That's so hard to think of. Yeah, but I don't know. T- Tyler's got an interesting way about him. I think this one's fake. Well, one of you is correct. <laughs> oh, no way. No, <laughs> no way. way. <laughs> uh, no, surprisingly, I wish I had more faith in humanity, but that was real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> People are interesting, that's for sure. People I are Florida, stupid. Florida people are yeah. interesting. <laughs> people are just stupid. Yeah, so uh, have fun in Florida, people. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that uh, was a lot of fun. Um, again, if you guys are looking to contact us or see us on any of our social medias, it is Vancouver Boys Podcast on Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube. It is Vancouver Boys underscore on Twitter because why not, right? <laughs> and Vancouver Boys Podcast at gmail.com for any more serious inquiries. I got nothing left to talk about. I No, I think we covered a decent I, amount. I think we got yeah. through a lot of random stuff. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, is Marcus still on the line? 
Wait, who's who's Marcus? <laughs> oh crap, dude! I forgot. Oh yeah, there is another guy. We usually I forgot about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it without him. But yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say now because yeah, like, usually he's talking all the talk. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's the one who just rambles on. So. Quinn Hughes is underrated. Do we, do we just do we just, <laughs> do we just end this like <laughs> this? Yeah, I guess. Tanner so. like, Pearson is the worst Canuck ever. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Myers is a great defenseman. <laughs> Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I thought we were lying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a new language. I'm just gonna say out. Oh. <laughs> there you go. All right, do it.